My name is Bonnie Landry. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast with my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, where we explore the questions about homeschooling and family life and how we can make joy normal. So nice to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, you look fantastic. Oh, thanks. Working on it. <laughs> yeah. Emma is how old now? She is two months. She just had her two months checkup Aww. the other day. And she's a plump 14.2 pounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've seen pictures and uh, yeah, she definitely looks like she's getting all the right things. Yes. yes. (laughs) She was a week late though. And I was worried that she was going to be really big because my other daughter was a day early and she was 10.14. So. (laughs) How big was she when she was born? Nine. Just nine pounds. Okay. Because my biggest was 9.13, and he was born just a few hours after his due date. And then my next one was two weeks late. And I thought, how big? Because it kept getting bigger, right? And I thought, how big is this kid going to be? But he was a pound lighter. So I was like, okay. <laughs> you never know. Uh, but she's doing well. Everybody's adjusting. Yeah, she's doing well. She's. It's weird because she's my first one to sleep very well. Like she'll only get up to wow. nurse maybe once or twice. And my others would just nurse like continuously. So wow. currently I'm feeling very well rested. We'll see if this lasts or if. Yeah. Yeah. When teething hits. Or... <laughs> oh, there's a lot of moving parts here. <laughs> oh, I love it. So we were going to be addressing a topic near and dear to your heart <laughs> right now. So yeah, you have some questions about babies and toddlers and adjusting to a new a new person I around. I do. And you know, it's funny when I was trying to come up with the questions for today's episode, I kind of just intuitively started trying to come up with solutions myself, which made it really hard to <laughs> you. come up with questions. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because as a mom of five, a lot of those things you've already worked out, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. I think it also depends because... You know, you could have it all figured out and then you could get another little baby that throws you for a loop. And it's like anything that worked mm-hmm. before doesn't work anymore. So now you kind of need the some help and advice from outside. Yeah. And yeah, and I mean, sometimes a health issue, right? I actually just had somebody... Um, send me a message a few days ago about, you know, that their baby was sick and they were wondering, you know, what, what do I do? It's been really hard for me to, to function because the toddler was sick. What would you have done? And I said, you know, I would have just taken whatever time I needed off as much time as I needed whenever I needed it to see to the needs of my family or to to the needs of my health. If that was my, my mental health or my feeling overwhelmed or whatever, that it's it's just okay to take whatever time off. But everybody needs to hear that, you know, um, especially when your kids are very small, you know, and not, you know, they need your help to to homeschool. Just cozy up with some tea and, and read to your kids. That's all you need to do, yeah. So each baby comes with its own set, right? Yeah, and to that point, this could be a topic for another episode, of course, but somebody very close to me is going through depression and... Um, has some of those dark thoughts. We'll just say that. Um, Mm. And I was talking with my husband and I said, you know, this, this person in my life is in high school. And I thought, you know, I'd maybe just pull him out of school for the year, 
you know, let's deal with yeah. mental health. Is there pressure? What What's going on? And I think today's society, it's, you know, education is important, of course, but not at the detriment of your mental health and clarity, right? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe parents can start stepping back and saying, okay, what what really do we need to do? How can we approach this challenge? You know, whether it's newborn yeah. baby is in the home and we're struggling to to figure out how to function now because there's another mm-hmm. whole mouth, you know, and <laughs> yeah. And we we do, we can be a bit dismissive. I mean, I think things are getting better over the last couple of decades, but we can be really dismissive about mental health uh, with ourselves and with our kids and young people. You know, if a child broke their leg and had to be in traction and was in the hospital for six weeks or unavailable to come to school, we wouldn't think anything of it. And yet, you know, they can be struggling with mental health and we don't think the same way. We don't think that, okay, maybe we just need to step back from all of this life and and really focus in on this and what's going on here and the the medical help or or counseling required to get us through this tough bit. All right. So I thought the kind of first question, since I just had a baby and um, the question on, I think, a lot of moms and dads' minds is, how do you balance the needs of a baby and the needs of your homeschoolers? Right. Both are important. How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the first things we need to sort of do to is, is just sort of break down dealing with the needs of our homeschoolers. Because especially when children are young, they don't need very much one-on-one time education is such a natural thing as they get older they can work more and more independently so I think that's important to look at that we'll come back to that in a minute but also if you consider the time you would need to spend with your new baby in the house getting your kids to school we could probably make a pretty good argument that the time that you spend getting your kids to school would be pretty equivalent to the time you would spend one-on-one with them homeschooling them, right? Say we had to make lunches, get the kids dressed for school, get them out the door, drive them there, pick them up. I knew a mom who who would pick, she would pick one child up. She had kids going to two different schools and three different pickup times for her kids. So she would just put the babies and the toddlers in her car and sit there for the first half of the day, like sit in the car with them if it was raining or, or you know, take them out because it wasn't worth it to go home for two hours and then load everybody up again to go pick up kids, right? So there's a there's a cost to that, that having our kids in school is also going to take time. So we, we are needing the needs in, needs in a different way. So I think it's just important to know that, okay, I mean, you might think, oh, I'm, I'm failing my homeschoolers, I'm not spending enough time. But the reality is that there would be a time factor if your kids were in school as well. And it's one of the comments I've heard most often from people who've taken their kids out of school is, I had no idea mornings could be so relaxed. Big word here, big word for this comment, relax, (laughs) Just, just relax, right? The day takes as long as the day takes and doing the things you need to do takes as long as it takes. Uh, I think that we can cut down to the absolute basics when we have a new baby. 
for all the years that our kids are small, we can do this, right? We don't need to worry about Latin for our six-year-olds. We don't need to worry about, I mean, if you can do that thing and it's really, you really are jazzed about it, great. But if it's a a time in your life when you're not able to do those things without getting stressed out, and that's the key. Can I do this thing without stressing myself out? You know, it's hard enough just to get through the day and get the dishes done and, and get the, um, you know, get the kids to bed and get the meals made and keep up with laundry. The more we can simplify our life and our homeschooling life, the better off we're going to be with those with those new babies or there's those high stress times. Because, I mean, having a new baby isn't necessarily stressful, but it is another stressor in your life. You're adapting, right? And you're less mobile. You know, you're often sort of on the couch uh, nursing babies. So we have to really take those things into consideration is that, okay, what are the basics that need to be done? My children need to be loved. My children need to be fed. Uh, I need to be working on my relationship with them. Because in all of this, when we're working on a relationship with our kids, they're more... That's going to just play out really, really well when you're stuck on the couch and you need your child to come to you for whatever reason. If your relationship's in a good place, they're way more likely to be compliant to come to you, right? And that's a huge factor in in homeschooling if you need them to come to you, even if you're just trying to get them to gather around so you can read them a story. Now, usually they're going to be compliant about that, but if your relationship's in a difficult place, they're just less compliant. But if we can cut back to the very, I would say, you know, the first, the newborn period, don't worry about schoolwork at all. Don't, don't worry about sitting, doing sit down work, doing formal work with them. You know, find those points in your day when you can read together, when you can talk about the letters on the page, if they're learning how to read, when you can uh, watch a little show, they can watch a little educational show that we can, you know, really ramp it down. And when you start to feel like you've got your energy back, uh, or you're, um, feeling more in a place where, you know, you can sort of sit down, get back into more of a routine, then do that then. Right. So is that something that you found you're doing with, with new baby and, uh, sort of ramping things down for yourself? I feel like it ebbs and flows. So my husband right. um, had six weeks paternity leave after oh, nice. my baby was born. Um, and so his we worked it so that his last week of leave was our first week of homeschooling so that we could kind of nice. test it out and see how it works. And um, yeah. fortunately, our daughter is a very chill baby most of the time. Nice. Yeah. So we were able to do, we're, we've been able to do schoolwork pretty regularly. And I kind of, I'm one of those moms, I don't put my newborns down. It's, it's like, yeah, they nap on me. Obviously I nurse yeah, them, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's probably about six months before I feel comfortable with them kind of being more on their own. You know, and that's not every yeah. mom. And I'm not saying that the way you do it is right or wrong. This is just me. And so yeah, me too. the game changer for me, and I wish I had it for my other babies. I found a carrier. It's called Lollaby, I think. I, I can link it. It is okay. a shirt with a little pouch attached to it. And so for babies newborn to 15 pounds, you just slide your baby in. And hands-free wear. 
Whoa. And it's a shirt? It's a shirt. I feel like a mama kangaroo. (laughs) I love it. Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. There aren't any straps or buckles. It's just a shirt and it's really snug and yeah, it's my favorite thing. And my daughter is almost too big for it. So... You know, it's amazing, like the, the transition of um, uh, sort of baby technology to help us through these times has just been remarkable over the last 20 years. I've just seen my, you know, my daughters have things. I didn't know anyone who used a sling even when I used a sling and, and I was a sling mom. And I just thought, why are people not doing this? You know, people are getting their strollers out or putting their baby in a container or whatever. And I, I thought, oh, this is just so much easier and I love my sling, but now there's just such better choices for posture and for ease of getting baby in and out of and nursing baby in and all of that, that I think that we've made some huge strides in, in the motherhood game. <laughs> can you nurse her? Like, would you have to put the shirt on after you nursed her? Or can you nurse her when you're wearing this shirt? Like not when she's in it, but when, if you take her out, can you just nurse her easily? Yes, I can. So, you know, okay. the, the warning um. says don't nurse when the baby's in the carrier while wearing the shirt. Right. Um, but, and I can't actually do that anyway, even if I tried, but yes, it is is a nursing shirt. There's enough give that you can. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. And and another thing too, is that like, obviously you were doing this sort of a soft start, you know, okay, while my husband's still home, we're going to try this and whatever. That's another way is that, each week that you're feeling better, you can introduce, you know, more yourself, you can introduce another aspect to your homeschool, right? So, you know, and whichever ones are easiest for you, say you start reading first, and then you start, you know, dictation or language, and then you start, which can be a really helpful thing to sort of get back into it. But over time, so you're establishing your routine slowly, and, you know, kind of getting back into the housework routine as well, you adapt to the new baby that you can just have this sort of soft start of your whole life, right? You know, you take on one more task and you take on, you know, one more area of your house or whatever. Those are just, it's just a good way of getting back into things. And just education happens in all those places, right? So you just don't need to. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great idea to really take care of ourselves in that way too, right? So we don't want to get burned out. You know, we don't want to get burned out. That's really important. And I think last year was a good example because being pregnant and, you know, the pandemic still, you know, um, and we barely did anything. I think I was somewhat consistent with dictation and math and that was kind of it. And it was even that was still hit or miss. And I just had all of this guilt. And then this year we started fresh and... I haven't had any protests from my kids. They, you know, I said, okay, it's yeah. time for this or this. And they come and they sit and they learn. My son that was having nice. trouble with spelling and stuff isn't fighting me as hard and has seemed to have made some. Right. And it was like, hmm, maybe that kind of year off we took was fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's just okay, right? You can, and even things like, um, Christmas. I basically take all of December off when my kids were young and well, even when they weren't young, 
<laughs> they, they did the things they could do on their own, like the ones who were sort of into high school and had to wanted to kind of keep up with a, the textbook laying out the year would keep up with that. But with the youngers, we just made Christmas an advent, a unit study, you know, so, so, and you don't have to do anything for that, you know, just go about your normal things that you do and, and really enter into that rather than trying to fit the season into your homeschool life you just make homeschooling all about that and it's just such a beautiful way to be able to live without getting all stressed out about you know I haven't done x y or z yet right you know right because I think one theme you know that I've learned from you that you've mentioned is kids will kind of pick up on things when they're ready you know and and the older they are the quicker they grasp those concepts that you know, we're trying to force upon them at younger and younger ages. It's it's so important to just be respect, respectful of that. And again, I would, I know I've mentioned this book so many times on the podcast, but Ruth Beechick's Three R's, just such a gem of a book to make you relax about education. I think it was the best book I ever read and just saved me tons of money over the years because I just thought you could spend so much money on your your kid's young kid curriculum, young child curriculum. And she just really helps you understand where education is in your day-to-day life. And I just, I, I don't know, I just love it. It's, it's a fantastic book. It's, in, it's three R's. It used to be produced as three books. Now it's just one book, The Three R's by Ruth Beechick. Highly recommend it. I'll put the link in the notes as well. Have you heard of The Writing Road to Reading? I have, yeah. It's been around for a long okay. time. Okay. Have you done it at all? No. No. Okay. I was kind of trying it this year and I'm having the hardest time. So it's phonics based. So maybe we should have an episode where you teach your approach for phonics because it is so important. I think, especially in English, it's so hard. You know what? That's a great idea. And right now I just did my, my book as an audio book, my dictation book. And then I put up a video of of me doing dictation with my grandson. And so I'm going to do some more because people are, I had so many comments and emails and stuff from it. People were like, wow, this is, I totally get this now. I see what you're getting at. And so to really show that in a phonics way, my other grandson said he would also do that with me and he's not quite reading yet. So that would be really good to kind of work through with him and and include that. So that would actually be a great episode. Okay, let's do that. Right, and then I could link to the video of him and whatnot. Yeah, because that's the one thing we haven't done any of is our phonics. Right. Because I don't know why it's such a difficult thing for me to grasp the educating of it. Yeah, and to me, it's like so natural in a dictation setting. It's just uh, phonics is like so easy. Yeah, let's let's definitely do that as an episode. Maybe the next one. (laughs) Okay, okay, Okay. maybe. And and I should call it instead of calling it dictation, call it teaching phonics, right? And just say, okay, this is how you teach phonics in the context of of um, dictation. Great idea. Okay, next one. Okay, so I guess we've already talked about my next question, which was, is it okay to take breaks, you know, like after delivery of a baby or something? Right. So we just kind of... Or any other time, every week, every twice a week if you need to. Yeah, yeah. Take breaks. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself and to make sure that your family relationships are are 
the best they can be. That's how we take care of ourselves. Your kids will not suffer for it. Believe me, <laughs> my kids all went off to college and university, graduated at the right time. And in fact, some of them graduated early. It does not undermine academics. And the younger your kids are, the more that that applies. Like, say they were three quarters, two thirds of the way through a, a science textbook or something they're in grade 11 or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to finish this. I would say, okay, so you have an option here. You could pause right now. You could push through. You could work over the summer. Here's your options. You could push through really hard and finish by the end of June. You could work through the summer and finish the book. Or you could just pause where you are, the end of this chapter, and do the chapters next year. Nothing says, because you're doing your grade 11 science right now and you're only two-thirds of the way through it, that you can't finish it in September and October of next year. And they opted for different things, depending on their personality, depending on what they had on their plate, depending on their interest level. They exercised all of those options. And we just have to be okay with it. Education is not a proscribed thing, right? And we don't want them doing things that are going to mean they're not learning anything. You know, it, it's just much better to slow down and actually learn, learn what you want to learn um, rather than being in this big rush to get all the things done. It doesn't, it doesn't facilitate learning right, to be rushed. And that's a really important note. It's a really important note. And I think it, not just the kids feeling rushed, but we as as the educators, the moms, the dads, yes. we shouldn't feel rushed so that we push them when they're not ready. Because I think that's something, that's a theme in my own life is that yeah. this whole week I've been kind of taking off because of illness and everything. And I've felt that guilt, like, okay, we need to get back to it. And snap, snap. I know. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing that says we have to. It's one of those things that when a crisis happens in your life, you know, and a baby is not a crisis. A baby's kind of a normal part of life, but it, it creates a time of uh, challenge, rest, you know, recuperation, whatever. But when, when a real crisis happens, like somebody gets really, really sick or somebody dies and suddenly your life has altered drastically that's when all the scales fall away and we realize who cares right who cares about that thing that i was worried about yesterday today doesn't matter and i don't even know why it ever mattered you know the lawn's not mowed the the kids shirts are worn out and i have to replace them the uh laundry rooms in a bit of a chaos or whatever it just doesn't matter and it, it, when we reach those crisis points in our lives is really in a sense, how we should be thinking all the time. It's, what happens in a crisis is that all the scales fall away about what really, really matters in life. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for those times. And of course, there are things that need to be done and need to get done in the normal times, non-crisis times of our life. But we can really learn something in those hard crisis times about what really, really matters and that we spend a lot of time fussing. Fortunately, most of us during those times probably don't get the opportunity to write down our thoughts. But to reflect back on how you felt and how you thought at that time is so important. You know, I've referred to in podcast episodes before about the when I got sick. And one of the things that really struck me when I, after I came home and I was starting to get better, is something that my mom always did was that made, she always made things beautiful. So the table, and she didn't make a big fuss. The table was always, you know, say had a vase of flowers on it. And she always had a tablecloth on it. That just meant something to her. That meant, you know, and there's different ways that can manifest. But for my mom, that's what it meant. And our food was always like a bit of parsley on the side of our plate or a, you know, slice of orange or whatever. She always had like a garnish on her plates. And those things really mattered to her. 
And it was one of the things I came away with being coming so close to, to death and, and then not, you know, then being able to come home to my family. And one of the things that mattered to me is I, I want to make every day special in some tiny little way. You know, some days I do and some days I don't, but it was one something that I really hung on to um, because you just never know, right? You just never know what's around the corner. One of the things too, is I thought, why have I ever gotten mad in my whole life? right? There's nothing that was important enough that I needed to get mad. And yeah, have I got mad since? Yes, I have. Breathe and say, okay, there's there's just really nothing worth freaking out about. There's just not. You know, so we, we can take, there's big takeaways in crisis, for sure. Yeah. So breaks are okay to take. Yes. <laughs> the short answer. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so what about... Um, outside help if you can afford it is that okay to hire somebody to clean or hire somebody to watch your little ones so you can homeschool i mean i can't afford that mm-hmm. but i'm sure there are some yeah. that can but there's yeah i would say absolutely outside help for anything you know whether that's tutoring your child in a subject that you feel not able to do or that you find really stressful contract out a subject absolutely um contract out some cleaning or some organizing or even just watching your kids i mean of course when to hire somebody to i mean depending on where you live that can be $30 into $50 an hour to hire someone to come in and clean or to hire someone to come in and tutor that can be a really expensive option uh i also often hired somebody once or twice a week i would have a, a homeschool teenager come in and just either do some light cleaning or, you know, play with my kids. And a lot of times I was just home, but I was trying to get some of those things done that I couldn't do knowing that the kids were going to be happy rather than thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get to those things and how am I going to do that? You know, and then that can be a quite a less expensive option uh, for, for being able to get some things done, have somebody come in or swapping with another mom right? You take my kids for an afternoon, I'll take your kids for an afternoon. And we can just have some downtime or get some things done or however you want to, you know, have whatever matters most to you at the time. And and depending on the season, like right now, you just had a baby, maybe just some downtime and being able to sort of think, okay, what's my week going to look like and and getting some perspective on life that's really important and quiet time. Another season in your life, you might think, no, I'm just going to power through and get three hours of housework done while somebody else else is watching my kids. So they're hiring somebody. Absolutely. If that's not possible, then seeing if there's, you know, other less expensive options to, uh, to gain some some support in that way, for sure. So those are my main questions that I could come okay, up with. Those are great questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything that you maybe have thought of um, that you want to speak to in regards to this topic. Yeah, I'll, I'll just want to maybe flesh out the getting help part of this. I think sometimes we don't only have to be in a crisis or post baby or to get help, right? So whether that's financial or whether that's, uh, you know, a, a financial issue and, and so you need to find more creative ways of of, um, of actually getting help. We don't need to be in a stressful circumstance to do that. We can do that anytime in our life. You know, just sort of case in point, in most points in my life, there's been times when, you know, our budget just wouldn't allow for it. But I've usually had a cleaner come in, say, every two weeks 
to kind of do the major stuff like the the bathrooms and the floors say they come in for two three hours and do the bathrooms and the floors so it doesn't have to be every week or twice a week but it can be even once a month that you're thinking okay I never get to my bathrooms you know or the thing that you never get to you can you can have somebody help you out with that another thing you can do is is get together with a friend and do some say some homeschool breakfasts and lunches that are in your freezer that are easy to pull out or some master meals kind of thing that you can crock pot meals that you throw in freezer bags and and that you can pull out your kids can be playing and you can be together just having some nice visiting time that's something that I did quite often when my kids were small we're going to get together and we're going to make huge batches of granola or huge batches of uh, crisp topping or huge batches of banana bread that is something that our kids really like for breakfast that's just easy just to pull out so we don't have to spend any prep time. There's things that can not cost you things. In fact, they can end up saving you money that you can do uh, in order to be more supported in this journey, right? And I think sometimes we have to really look closely at this. Is okay, I would never put my kids in public school. What are my alternatives? I would put them in private school. So private school is enormously expensive. You know, could I factor in the fact that they're getting private schooling as a homeschooler? Could we work it out in the budget that we could spend $100 a month or $200 a month or whatever it is, $50 a month on some help and call that a homeschooling expense, right? Okay, our kids, I'm taking on this big thing. What can I do to to get the help that I need in order to feel like, um, I'm being well supported in this journey because, you know, homeschooling your kids is a big commitment. And it can be lovely, it can be gentle, it can be loving. Uh, but if there's things that you can do in order to make your life a little smoother in other areas, absolutely do that, right? And, and look into what options might be available to you. I'd really encourage parents to do that. So should we wrap up yeah. there? Okay, I'm so glad to have you back. This has been absolutely delightful. I missed you. I missed you. This is great to be back. (laughs) Yeah. So God bless and have a great week. And we'll talk. um, We've come up with some good topics for for next time as well. So we'll talk in the next week or so. Okay, take care, Elizabeth. Bye.